1: Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player fold, so. Jake on the table and Ape on the plate, so. Pete enumerates the plays, a are analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art. Always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. Jake got that eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go clicking a poll. Twitter is gold, play, run, So Jake on the table and Ape on the play so. Pete enumerates the it's a analytical Chicken or crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go clicking a pole, Twitter risk gold, play it, run fold, so Jake on the table and they on the play, though. No.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy. I'm normally joined by my co-host Jake Anderson at JakeAndersonFF on Twitter, but he's unable to make it this week, so it's another solo show for us. Um... Didn't really know what to do for a solo show, so I thought I'd just do some random thoughts in and around this time of year. The time between the combine and the draft has to be the most doldrumy doldrums that ever did doldrum as far as football goes. Um, Sometimes there are a lot of trades, there's a lot of activity on Twitter from the season all the way to the combine really, with us learning all about the new rookie wide receivers and running backs and tight ends. Um, But this really does seem like a a complete dead zone to me. Um, In that dead zone, some interesting things happen, um, at least in my experience, uh, in my leagues. And that's people use this time of year to go and overpay for their, you know, uh, their favorite sleeper uh, for the next season. So what I did is when I looked at DLF ADP, I actually collect it every August, but I advanced it and collected it now. So, you know, end of March. And compared it to what players were being drafted at um, in August of 2018 to see where players are right now compared to where they were just before the start of the season in 2018. So, breaking it down by position, the top wide receivers have increased in value or at least being drafted inside the top 24 and have risen the most spots to get there. Um, uh, Kenny Golladay, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, Robert Woods, and Adam Thielen moved up for a couple of spots. Now, Kenny Golliday's the biggest riser. He's moved up 33 positional um, ADP spots, so he's now being drafted as a wide receiver 15 when he was a wide receiver 48 before that. And Judas Smith Schuster's probably made the most significant increase where he's moved from wide receiver 16 to wide receiver 6 in ADP since August last year. But that's the list of players I think most are eager and hopeful together, expecting big things. Um, At this time of year, I'm more likely to slide towards the bottom of this list, the list of players being drafted inside the top 24 but have actually decreased in positional ranking and they are Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry, Keenan Allen, um, Corey Davis, Stefan Diggs and T.Y. Hilton followed quickly by Julio Jones. Uh, There's also a middle tier there where players have either gone up or down and Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Mari Cooper and Michael Thomas are all pretty much exactly where they were um, in August 2018. Now, what I mean by slide to the bottom of this list is those are the players I'm more interested in getting. I think we forget often, especially this time of year, that what we actually value is players that we don't have to question whether they're going to be good. Kenny Galladay, for as much as I've loved him, the time to buy him is actually past. If you want to get him right now, from a strict value point standpoint, you now have to pay for what you're hoping he can do. And at that point, you're overpaying, or at least that's the way I play. Um, By all means, go and get him, because I like him a lot. I think he's the genuine article, and he's got a a real great chance to break out in 2019, for real, um, as opposed to the mini-breakout he had in 2018. But you're paying for that expectation at this point. Juju Smith-Schuster, same thing is happening as well. While I like the player, he's being advanced into the top 12 as a 6th ranked wide receiver, because we think he can. I think he can too. I'm not saying these players aren't good or don't deserve the jump, but if we're playing from a value standpoint, then this is the wrong play. It's time to play it. If we're playing from a worse standpoint, as in what are these players worth to your roster, the players at the bottom of the list, Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, they're going to produce about what we hope those other players are going to produce. It's just that there's extra value in those names because... Players with youth have more value, and but if you're trading for a player right now at this point in the season because of value, then I'd like you to consider what value is. Value is you can trade them for more. So why are you trading for a player because you think you can trade them for more? You're you're the one paying more if you're buying them at this time of year. Uh, I hate to say, it, but the time's passed to buy on them. Whereas Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry, and Keenan Allen just always overlooked and um, right now you're getting them actually what I'd say this ADP is suggesting like Antonio Brown to Stefan Diggs and T.Y. Hilton they've only dropped between two and eight wide receiver spots in ADP now what that says to me isn't that they are some great value that you can go out and buy them for a first round pick by itself I mean in some leagues you can and if you can you should always do that but what it means to me is that players might actually be willing to trade them for what their value should be right Uh, a couple of picks and a player Uh, a couple of first round picks and a player and probably easily get you antonio brown right now um, if you have Kenny Golladay, you could probably easily, or Juju Smith-Schuster, you can easily trade into an Antonio Brown Plus situation. And so that's actually what I'd rather do at the wide receiver position at this time of year. And according to ADP, that's the opposite of what happens um, in mock drafts at least um, during uh, March and the doldrums of the rookie season. I find similar patterns at the other positions as well, but I thought I'd point out the wide receiver position because I just um, improved my um, pre-draft wide receiver model. I have a few of them as we know and I just wrote up like a threshold model for DLF piece by piece looking at it through players instead of numbers because I think we can all just get more fun out of looking at the players rather than just looking at the end results of a model. So it's literally a model step by step right now. But anyway and my pre-draft model takes into account all the things that I find predictive um, it, well most of the things I find predictive in production patterns um, and tries to guess who's going to be the highest scoring player um, year 1 to 3 and that's really the period we want to concentrate on with rookie wide receivers especially I actually did improve my model's uh, effectiveness I improved it by about 1-1.5% one, one which doesn't sound like a lot and it's not but it's, everything's so unpredictive at the NFL again to go on that old spiel that 1.5% um, bring it up to about 185 is actually pretty good the one that's going to knock it out of the park the one I rely on the most of my drafts is actually obviously my post draft uh, model because draft capital means almost as much if not a little more in and of itself um, than production uh, alone so combining the two is where we get the most signal So, um, the top wide receivers in my new pre-draft model with a much higher um, correlation to fantasy points over the first three years of a player's career um, goes no queue Harry obviously, followed by Keyshawn Johnson, which I was a little surprised on because I've actually been higher on Andy Isabella. Now, they actually scored neck and neck, and Keyshawn edged him out like by a point, something, 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 but technically they're ranked just next to each other. So those are the top three in the model. I'll also point out this is the first draft class in about five years where only three players, uh, less than five players in fact, have been projected um, over seven. Uh, It's a point scale that ranks from zero to about 14 essentially. Um, and normally you get a, at least five players, between five and eight players, uh, over the last five drafts or so, have been ranked between seven and ten. And um, this draft, we only have three players. I really disagree with the consensus that this is a strong wide receiver class. I, I think there are some good players in here, and just because it's not a good class doesn't mean you don't get good Great players. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen came from a terrible wide receiver class, whereas Josh Gordon, um, uh, as we know what he is today, came from a great wide receiver class. So it doesn't always follow that a great class means the best players, or the best players long term for Dynasty. Um, I'm not saying that, but I do think there are more warts in this class than there were last year. Last year had more players scoring over 7 points than I had actually seen in 6 or 7 drafts before that, since really 2014, which is why I was saying that last year's wide receiver class was the best wide receiver class since 2014, and that holds true with this new um, method of producing my pre-draft wide receiver model. And um, Speaking of which, while well, looking at those buys and sells and dynasty ADP right now, if you want to go out and buy a younger player with potential, why not try and get ahead of the curve? Kenny Galladay, for example, and Chris Godwin is another one that's drastically rising up in ADP. Those players are great. I really like them. I don't disagree that they should be drafted higher than they were August last year. I just did that earlier. I I went and got Golliday and Goodwin where I could in my drafts and made sure to trade for them every opportunity I could. So, it's a little too late to go and get Galladay right now. Sometimes you pay what a player is worth. That's fine. But I'd say do that with Juju Smith-Schuster, not with a player that hasn't quite yet done it yet, like Kenny Galladay or Chris Godwin. That's taking on all the risk and paying all of the um, reward to someone else, for that matter. So try and get ahead of this curve. So who who are those players going to be next year? The players that drastically rise up in ranks, even if they don't, quite hit the top 24 yet. I think Kenny Galladay actually finished 24th um, in end-of-year points-per-game rankings, points-per-game in PPR scoring at least. Um, But still, he hasn't quite made it into that elite tier that he's currently being drafted at uh, as a wide receiver 15. Who are those players? Well, I think they're the players from last class. I think it's Christian Kirk, Traquan Smith, and whoever else you liked. I mean, some people still like Dante Pettis, and he did show the opportunity to go get targets in 2018, so that's an option as well. Those players are rising in ADP, but they haven't yet hit the top 24. And if they continue on the um, the trajectory that they have been doing, and according to all my and Jake's work last year on those prospects as rookies, they should keep going. I liked... Christian Kirk just as much as I like Kenny Golliday. And they should be the ones that people are paying this kind of value for next off season. So instead of trying to go out and trade for Kenny Golliday, if you want a younger player, if you want more prospects, Go trade for Traquan Smith, um, Christian Kirk, and Michael Gallup. And I'd actually put Traquan Smith at the bottom of that list at this point. Okay, um, so back to my wide receiver model. After the first three players, Harry, Johnson, and Isabella, it goes J.J. Whiteside, Preston Williams, who was very surprised to see there, Kelvin Harmon, and Greg Dortch. I didn't like Preston Williams much. I can't even remember if we talked about him much on the crossroads with Jake or with Zach or anyone else um, Preston Williams isn't a player I'm overly excited about, but this new model liked him a lot. It placed him fifth overall in this class, scoring under seven points, which puts him in that mediocre, non too exciting, but it did put him neck and neck with players like Whiteside and Harmon, who I am high on. Eighth was Stanley Morgan, a name I had not heard of. <laughs> Um, I, I've heard of him here or there, but I had not put a lot of work into learning about him. And um, before he came up eighth in this model, so that's the top eight players. Um, just using pre-draft information, those are the only players to score over six point five, which I consider something of a threshold line. Um, AJ Brown I was actually just over six um which i was sad to see actually because i I had hoped that he could become my third wide receiver in this class metcalf as we've talked about continuously kind of gets a pass on most production model based formulas and because he was injured so this doesn't affect my overall opinion of um uh, dk metcalf at all or really aj brown to be honest with you um or hakeem butler frankly um uh, this class has the potential of becoming the next 2015 which is literally the only class since 2000 that still gives me fits. I, I don't know where it all went wrong. <laughs> and well, I know where it all went wrong now and now that Tyler Boyd has finally broken out in the NFL, I feel a little better about it. Um, but players like Brown, Butler um, and Metcalf have the potential to uh, throw models like this just into a complete tilt where they missed Time or they broke out very late, and um, with seemingly inexplicable reasons for not doing well before that. And um, so, there is a, always that potential. So, if I was going to bet on who will be the Kenny Galladay in two years, like um, Christian Kirk, Greg Dort, uh, Christian Kirk, and Michael Gallup are those guys right now, the guys that will be valued more next offseason. So who's going to be valued more the season after that? And I don't know that's skipping ahead, but I really do think you can see these players. These players who profile very well, who are good in college, and are clearly going to be lower drafted than some of the overhyped athlete-size type prospects. I think Andy Isabella and Keyshawn Johnson stand out as two players who are going to do enough in the first year or two that by the uh, second off season, they're going to be the ones threatening at least to break into the top 24, because of what they've done in the NFL so far. Now, of course, that's having not seen the draft, or their landing spot, or even what they've done over the first two seasons, but those are the two that remind me the most of those types of prospects. The other player I group in there is Greg Dortch, someone who might run in his pro day, I haven't heard yet, but miss the combine, or skip the combine, has really solid production, and is kind of getting lost somewhat. So, those are the 2 or 3 players from this class I really like to turn out to be the ones that were second round late first round values maybe depending on where they go in the NFL draft. All right. Um so I think I'll get out of here, a bit of a short episode just me talking. Um I've collected the ADP for tight ends, running backs and quarterbacks as well just to compare them. I guess just before we go I may as well, you know, throw that out there. The the players who are being have increased inside the top 24 for running backs um the most are James Conner, Aaron Jones, Marlon Mack, Nick Chubb. So those are the ones who have increased at least 10 spots, 10 positional ranks in ADP. The ones who have dropped the most are Leonard Fournette, Devontae Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, and David Johnson. Now, you could run a similar scheme, as it were, where you target the bottom of that list, the ones that are dropping in ADP at reasonable value, instead of overpaying for the ones that we hope that can do it like Aaron Jones. The problem with the running back position is that it really is a young man's position. You either do it young and then you fade or not. However, I would say players like David Johnson who have less miles... Uh, on his body, unless carries in the NFL, and didn't sustain any major leg injuries, might be an exception to that rule. Same with Le'Veon Bell, who's just a different kind of talent profile. Devontae Freeman has been injured, but the last time we saw him on an NFL field, he was still pretty good, and he's not old. So I would actually don't mind targeting those players right now. But running back, as we know, is not my strongest position uh, to suit. I'm mostly gain great value at wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, and then trade into the more proven list running backs that don't have questions. Like the ones in the middle right now that have not moved from August last year include Saquon Barkley, obviously, Sonny Michelle, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon is a slight riser, and Alvin Kamara is remaining steady as well. The name that I notice at the top of the list, ones that have increased drastically in ADP that seem a little more risky to me is Kerryon Johnson. Everyone seems to like him right now. I really don't get it. I thought it was a mediocre prospect who did mediocre in the NFL on a team that typically doesn't produce anything more than mediocre running backs. So I don't see a lot of expectation. Marlon Mack right now is being drafted over where I said he should be drafted when I said he was being undervalued, um, which was about a season ago. So I think we've missed that buying window as well. There's no selling window, if anything, for Marlon Mack. I love him on the Colts. I like the player. But... I think he's more capped as a bottom running back one, maybe just a top 24 running back. And right now he's been drafted as running back 19, which is right in that range. Aaron Jones, also a player I love, but his situation... I've been congratulated for getting Aaron Jones right. And the, the thing is, I feel like I got him wrong. I thought he would have done more in the NFL at this point. I really do like the player... And it's just been a continual procession of him not being able to break free in that backfield. And that's got me disappointed, to be honest. James Conner, while I expect him to be the workhorse, we really have no guarantee outside of the always did that with Le'Veon Bell and then... D'Angelo Williams when he was the only running back left on the team. But that's a high bar to reach. Um, just because you do something with Le'Veon Bell doesn't mean you do it with someone else or anyone else. James Conner did very well in the backfield by himself last year. With the help of Jalen Samuels, we could see more of a split than Le'Veon Bell ever did. So that's a player whose ADP has risen into the top 12, who I, I think deserves to be there. Um, Absolutely, but I'm not necessarily trying to uh, buy At that price, or uh, overpay at least for that price. Um, tight end position's just a mess. You know, you know what I uh, say about that, and the, the the things I say every year about the tight end position are happening again. Mike Mark Andrews has risen 14 spots. Um, Delaney Walker, Jordan Reed, Kyle Rudolph, Jack Doyle. These players, even Evan Ingram, who's actually young for goodness' sake, has dropped. I mean. Um quarterback position again is an awful mess. It's, it's the off season of the overhyped young quarterback, I think. And I love all these guys. Well, apart from Josh Allen, I genuinely think he's not good at football. I think this is like buying Blake Borders high. I don't get it. But you know, you do you if you want a running back Uh, at the quarterback position. He's your guy. And outside of that, you've got Baker Mayfield, who I really do expect to be this good, but he has definitely risen to that price, so you have to pay for that expectation. Jameis Winston showing savvy smarts in the dynasty community. Despite being terrible and playing terrible, that volume and that offense kind of guarantees that he should increase in value, and in fact he has since August last year. The ones that don't make sense that have dropped, Matthew Stafford, after his first disappointing season in three years, has dropped like 13 positional spots. He's barely being drafted as a as a top 24 quarterback at this point. That just makes no sense. Same with devaluing Drew Brees this far. Um, I yeah, I get it. He's not going to play for five years. But as far as we know, neither are any of these guys. But. That's a longer conversation. And Cam Newton is also someone I just wrote up as once again a value, the most likely quarterback to have top five upside, continually being drafted outside the top five. I know we're worried about injury, but none of us are doctors, and Cam seems pretty convinced that he's going to play. If he's playing, he has top five upside, and he's being drafted outside that right now. Alright, so that's a quick rundown of the ADP changes that I noted quickly um, in DLF ADP collected by Ryan McDowell, um, the man himself, um, at this point in the season. Where it is the doldrums, I do think we might see a lack of activity or in fact an excess of activity in your league. Just make sure you're on the smart side of what moves to rank right now picks you can trade them right now I tend to too freely because they are going to continue to increase in value and actually this year I think their value is significantly decreased and um, you can actually sometimes trade one for one like uh, a 2021st first for a 2019 first that's backwards you're meant to get more value for your pick being sooner now that's not happening a lot I turned that offer in a lot of leagues and only about half of them came back with yeses but that still means it is happening. So I mean, so I think picks right now are undervalued in this class anyway. And in fact, this is probably the worst time to trade your first round pick. It depends on the deal. If you're getting Odell Beckham for it, obviously you just do that. Um, but don't forget to shop around. And that those picks are going to get increased, should at least, get increasingly more valuable as we move closer to the actual rookie draft. So now's probably the wrong time to trade for them. Um, and if you're going to trade for a young player, don't trade for the ones that you see named on Twitter all the time. Go trade for the ones that are going to be named on Twitter all the time next year. It's time to get ahead of that curve. So target Christian Kirk, target Michael Gallup, target Traquan Smith or Dante Pettis, whatever is your poison, I guess. All right, so I will see you next week, hopefully with a healthy and raring-to-go Jake Anderson. And thanks for coming to the Crossroads. Sorry it's just me this week, but I have had fun talking to you. I hope you gain something like... Twenty minutes of worthwhile better than silence time. Anyway, um see you next week.
1: Bye. You're at the dynastic crossroads that film and analytics create The Dynastic Crossroads that film and analytics create
0: Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape. The Dynastic Crossroads where film is everything
1: The Dynastic Crossroads where numbers are the key There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything